Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 22. Where were you 15 years ago today? Do you remember? I was at Royal Oak Beaumont Hospital making some hospital calls. And as I passed the surgical waiting room, I noticed on the television that there was something going on in New York City. At that point, not too many people knew what was happening, just a little after 8.30. Went back to the office, and those there did not realize that anything was going on, so we immediately got out of television and started to watch and were glued to that most of the day. 9-11 changed some things. And we all remember what took place as 2,977 people lost their lives. Among those, 2977 were 411 first responders. Doug, thank you for being a first responder in Battle Creek. Brian Martin, are you here today? Thank you. Brian is a lieutenant colonel in the air, in the National Guard over in Fort Custer. We need to remember some things. We need to grow in our remembrance. Because if we forget, we're doomed to repeat the same mistakes. May I remind you what happened? American Flight 11, 8.46 a.m., crashed into the first tower. Next came United Flight 175, 9.03 a.m. It was American Airlines Flight 77 that went into the Pentagon. My son and I were in Washington, D.C. in March of 2012. The Pentagon had not been repaired yet. And as we stood at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, we looked across the vista, and there was the Pentagon still draped with the American flag covering the damage that was there. I'm quite certain that American Flight 77 went right over top of the Tomb of the Unknown, and I wonder what those soldiers thought. The fourth flight went down in Pennsylvania. United Flight 93 1003, it was delayed at takeoff, would have been about a half hour earlier, but by the time that this flight turned around and was hijacked, the people on the plane understood what was going on. It's not well known to the public, but by the time this plane, this plane was turned around and they did not know what its intentions were. There were fighter jets, F-16, scrambled from Selfridge Air Force Base that were tasked to shoot it down if necessary. 
a friend of mine, Colonel Doug Champagne, was piloting one of those aircraft. Today's a day of remembrance, a solemn day. A day that takes us back. I want to show just a short video that I think will help bring all of this into focus. And then we're going to look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, at an event that took place 2,000 years ago. An event that we need to remember. the difficult seasons of our darkest hours. To remember is to honor. To honor is to value. What we value shapes who we become. Throughout scripture, God urges us to remember the sacrifices made, the freedom gained, the promises kept, the faithfulness of God. Through symbols and sacraments and holy disciplines, God has continued to urge us to always remember. Because he knows what remembering does inside of us. Remembrance gives purpose to our past by drawing wisdom, strength, and resolve from our pain and loss. Remembrance brings gratitude for those ordinary people who became extraordinary heroes. Remembrance strengthens community as we discover what God does through us when we are unified. Remembrance provides perspective of what God has done on our behalf in spite of our fears and worry. Remembrance reignites hope in what God will bring us through today and forever. Because God is faithful, even in our darkest hours. God is always there. Whatever we face today, whatever trial it seems we cannot endure. Remember, God has always brought us through, and he always will. This is why we remember. God had tasked his people to remember, to remember what he had done as he freed them from oppression, to recognize his faithful love evidenced in their lives. And here in Luke chapter 22, we read about Jesus and his disciples getting ready to celebrate a service of remembrance. Remembrance. 
Verse 1, Luke 22. Now the feast of unleavened and bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him, that is Jesus, to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened and bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of that house. The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of the, him who betrays me is with me at the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus met with his disciples. And I am sure that as the events of the following days unfolded, they left a deep impression on the lives of his disciples. They were gathered there to celebrate the Passover. Actually, there were three feasts that were listed and as you look at Leviticus chapter 23, you discover there the events that were to unfold. There was the feast of the Passover, which had to do with redemption and how God had freed his people from their captivity in Egypt. There was the feast of unlimited bread, which reminded his people how they were set apart as a chosen people, specific for God's purpose. And there was the feast of first fruits, new life, resurrection, 
recognizing the wonder of God and His faithfulness to always bring together His purpose and fulfill His plan. As you look at these feasts, Passover began on the 14th day of Nisan. Unleavened bread was the 15th day of Nisan and on the 16th day, was the feast of the first fruits that lasted a week. And as you look at the purpose, you can see the purpose of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Where we have redemption, where he was sealed in a tomb and set apart for God and rose again to give new life. This is a feast that looks back looks back in remembrance of God revealing himself to his people and delivering his people. Now, I remind you that the people of God were in captivity for some 400 years. And there were times when the people of God wondered where God was. I can't tell you the number of times I was questioned after 9-11, where was God? God's where he always was. He was on the throne. God was in control. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Because of depravity and sin and condemnation of bad people. We have a free will. And I am sure there were multitudes of times when God's people who were in captivity in Egypt questioned, where is God? As Jesus met with his disciples to celebrate the Passover, they celebrated the Haggadah. It's the retelling of what had taken place. And they began with matzah bread, bread that is scored and pierced. It was bread that reminded the people that they had been redeemed. You will remember that they left with unleavened bread. And you remember that there was no time for them to make preparation on that night. And so it is the the matzah bread that Jesus took and broke and said, This is my body, which is given for you. In that service, there were four cups. Four cups that were drank at different times so that they might remember The first cup was the cup of sanctification that God had indeed set apart his people for their own and God had not forgotten that they were his people. The second cup is the cup of judgment that God required of his people to be a holy people and that God would judge his people and he did that in their captivity in Egypt. The third cup was the cup of redemption where God redeemed his people to himself. And the fourth cup is the cup of praise. Thanks be to God. It was this third cup, the cup of redemption, that was the cup after supper. That he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. You've been redeemed. Drink it in. Remembrance of me.
we look back and understand that we need to remember what God has done in our lives. Never forget what God has done in your life. Never get tired of your salvation story. How God sent his son to purchase your salvation and to give to you redemption and everlasting life. But not only did Jesus look back, he also looked around. And what did he see? Twelve men. Twelve men who had walked with him, twelve men who had learned at his feet, twelve men who had ministered to him. Twelve men that he had built into imperfect men. In fact, if you were to read on in our text, there is an argument among the disciples as to who is the greatest in the kingdom. Other texts tell us that it was at this time that Jesus washed the disciples' feet, knowing that one of the disciples would go out, Judas, and betray him. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And the disciples questioned, Lord, is it, is it I? In fact, Peter nudged John at the table and said, ask the master who it is. And all of these men were men for whom Jesus was going to the cross and shed his precious blood in payment for their sins. They each examined their lives. They each wondered what part they would play. They each questioned their own loyalty. Part of our service that we will share this morning is a time of examination 1 Corinthians 11 tells us that we are to examine ourselves so that we might eat of the bread and drink of the cup in a manner that pleases God. We need to look around and examine our lives. And then we need to look ahead. We need to look ahead and understand the deliverance that we have because 1 Corinthians 11 says, that we are to proclaim his death until he comes back. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great time of celebration. But all of this is built around remembering. Remembering the given body. Remembering the shed blood. And it was all pictured for us as they met that night to celebrate the Passover. And unleavened bread and first fruits, looking back on God's faithfulness, looking around and examining themselves, and looking ahead on the proclamation until He comes to take us home. Today is a very solemn day, a solemn service that causes us here in the United States of America to remember. And we should, because we do not want to repeat the events that took place 15 years ago today.
But as Christians, we are gathered here to remember. And to remember what God has done and His faithfulness to us as He has redeemed us. Not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with His precious blood as a lamb without blemish and without spot. We want to remember.